Welcome to In the News for October 20th, 2023. I am Brett Bernie from AppsInLaw.com. And this is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Jeff. It's a new day, a new week. <laughs> New Apple stuff, uh, actually, and a new sponsor. We just want to say thank you quickly to our sponsor for this episode, Lit Software, that make the trial pad apps and the transcript pad apps. We will talk a little bit more about them here in just a moment, but uh, we, we happen to be very, very big fans <laughs> of Indeed. these apps, and you'll hear why. You'll hear why in a little bit. But let's jump into some 3D awkward reactions. <laughs> you know, I think we talked about this. I remember or uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe we didn't talk about this in the in the podcast, but before we started recording, Jeff, I remember once I had upgraded to Mac OS Sonoma, because I use my, my MacBook here for uh, recording our podcast. And I remember I just started like holding up a peace sign or a thumbs up <laughs> in my screen. And all of a sudden I had fireworks behind me or balloons started happening. Uh, in fact, I can, I, I can do it right now. If I just hold up a peace sign, it, there, there's balloons that are floating in my background. Now we use Zoom to record this and it was interesting. You can use Zoom for some virtual backgrounds and other things, but this was a technology built into <laughs> the new Mac OS Sonoma. And when it came out, I thought, well, this is so fun. I love to have fireworks happening behind my head, but as usual, there is another side to this, <laughs> and people have been reporting on it. Um, it could be a little awkward depending on what kind of a meeting that you might be in at the time when those fireworks yeah, happen. <laughs> two things that people should know about this feature, and one of them is the one that's on the article, uh, but another one is something that you and I just sort of discovered this morning. But let's start with this article. Um, yes. Folks have mentioned, and, and I've heard this independently from different people, so it's not like this has happened to one person, everybody's reporting on it. Um, you know, people use, uh, you know, video for, you know, do all sorts of things, silly podcasts yeah. like us or, or talking to friends and family, but some people use it for much more serious things like a business meeting or, um, and with the telemedicine, you know, talking to a psychiatrist or a therapist or something like that. And people <laughs> right. have noticed that because Apple introduced this new technology, that if you have various hand motions, it will make, you know, somewhat silly things happen on the screen that you might have a point where you're talking to your therapist about something that's really serious. And just yeah. because you happen to, to, you know, indicate thumbs up, maybe in sort of a mocking way, suddenly you've got balloons or fireworks or whatever going off around you. And it just seems really appropriate. And it could actually sort of ruin the, the mood of it. And so it's really yeah. sort of a public service announcement that people should know uh -huh. that this is there. <laughs> the thing that the most important part of it is that it is there by default. I mean, that's the key. When you Correct. update your iPhone right. or when you update your Mac, it will just start happening and you can turn it off. But if you don't do anything about it and or more importantly, if you don't know about it, which I think is going to be the situation for many people, <laughs> right, suddenly right. you may not realize that, you know, whether you purposefully put your hands into a heart or just sort of happen to put your hands in a gesture that was misinterpreted that way, you're going to have right. hearts floating up your screen. Um, and the thing is, it's not just in FaceTime. It is across right. every app. And the That's reason the for point. that is because Apple has baked this in to the actual camera. So when an app Correct. like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or anything right. else, it just thinks right. it's getting the regular camera. But what it doesn't know is that Apple has pre-processed it in some good ways, in some ways to sort of boost the image and make it better, but also to sort of add this overlay. So um, it's not like you know, it's, there's nothing to turn off in Zoom. I think if this happens to many people and they're in a Zoom call, for example, exactly. they will immediately start looking for the Zoom thing to turn it off. There is no Zoom <laughs> thing to turn it off. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And to your point, just quickly, like it used to be like there were certain reactions and there's even like, you know, you could put a mustache on yourself in Zoom and Microsoft Teams had different tools and like Skype had different tools and FaceTime had different tools. But to your point, Jeff, that's the, the, the thing is this is baked into the actual camera. So this goes across all of these applications, which is kind of fun. So it'll mm -hmm. happen in any of these applications. But you're right. Like if you didn't know about it, <laughs> if somebody didn't tell you about it, and I think that's one of the, 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 the points here that Jason Snell made. It's like if, if Apple, Apple maybe should have done a little bit of a better job of like warning people like, hey, this is new. It's fun. It's exciting. But you might want to just make sure you're in the right environment, <laughs> the right scenario before you do a thumbs up there. 
What it reminds me of, Brett, is during sort of the height of the pandemic, when all of us yeah. lawyers were doing um, Zoom court <laughs> hearings, there was, of right. course, the infamous lawyer cat, you know, the, the guy, the, lawyer the attorney cat. from exactly. Texas that said yep. he, he looked like a cat, a cat face. And he said, Your Honor, I am not a cat in such I... a dead pay way that it became it became a <laughs> meme across the Internet. It was so funny. Of course, and he, he was a good spirit about the whole thing. But that was an example of his secretary had turned on a feature on the computer that much like this Apple yeah. feature, it applied That's to right. the camera before it even got to Zoom. Um, but that was just on one computer. This is something that Apple has put on all iPhones and all, right. I think it's, I, think, I can't remember it's on the iPad, but it's definitely on iPhones. It's definitely on the Mac. So, yeah. um, so it's right. something to think about. Right. And then one of the thing that you and I were talking about is that because it's baked in to the camera, if you're using another app like Microsoft Teams or Zooms or WebEx or any of these other ones, any effects that they do are on top of it. And it might not be in a way that's yeah. complimentary because as you and I were discussing right now, if folks are watching the YouTube version of this, you are yeah. out of the office right now. You're in a hotel room. So you've got a blurred right. background right. on you. A blurred background. Means that's that right. If you make one of these special effects like, you know, the hearts or the balloons, as, when the heart of the balloon is over your face – it's going to be clear. But as soon yeah. as it crosses into the background, it's going to be blurry it, because it you have out. a blurred right. background. And likewise, yeah. if you put a fake background behind you to make it look like you were on a beach somewhere, you know, yeah. everything that's being replaced by that fake background is going to cover up the Apple effect, which means that then not only is this the Apple effect perhaps surprising, but it's even more confusing. It's not even complete. <laughs> right. It's like, what did you even right. see there? Right. So um, it's just, what, there's what, a lot what, of things. Let, to I'm going to try mind. it. So I'm going to do double peace signs here mm -hmm. and that should be, there's confetti. And you're right. Yes. If the confetti, the confetti is, is falling yeah. in front of my face, I see it. it. Okay. I want to, I want to try this real quick. I'm going to turn off. I'm going to turn off blur my background. So now there's no okay. blur background. So double peace sign here. Mm -hmm. Oh, and look at that. And now it like it's so, so much, much nicer. Clearer. Exactly. Yeah, it's actually a exactly. very nice it, to, to its credit, Apple has done a nice job of these effects. It looks they're great. Actually, they're actually right. three D they're three D effects. Apple is using, you know, its sense of depth to have some of the balloons, some, some of the confetti appear behind you and some oh, of it appear oh, oh, oh. to be in front of you. So it's actually right. uh as I'm trying to talk seriously and you're having lasers appear behind me, <laughs> I, know. I can totally understand I the idea fireworks. though that it could be fireworks. <laughs> it could definitely be distracting to the person that you're talking to or even to yourself. Right. yourself. So it's, you know, I like the effect. It gets a quote unquote thumbs up from me, but uh, I, um, and, uh, and, and I'm recording on a PC right now, which is why I'm not doing the silly effects that Brett is doing. But uh, I do think it's a huge PSA that people need to know yeah. what's going on so that they can turn it off. And keep in mind yeah. that on the iPhone, to turn it off, I think you actually have to be in a video conference in the first place in order to turn oh, okay. it off. So if okay. you're going to have a business meeting, you know, in an hour, you might want to first have sort of a dummy meeting, uh, either with yourself. You, you could sometimes have a meeting with yourself, or, or right, set right. up a meeting turn with somebody that you know, so that once you're in the video mode, you can then go to the control center and turn it off, and then it will right. be off. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Apple tweak this in the future because of this. I mean, as you remarked, I linked to an article from Jason Snell who he suggested that Apple put some big warning on the screen so that people know what's going on um so it's okay just I've, I've stopped i'm i'm stopped i'm i've stopped goofing off here and trying all the <laughs> different <laughs> the signs okay but how do we turn it off yeah i think you said that in your last paragraph like how can people turn this off if they want to turn it off across all of uh all of the so apps when here? you're on a mac i believe there is like a green box at the top of your screen there is which that's right in the, the, in the menu the bar uh -huh. and then if you click yep. on that you'll see an option to uh to control those effects oh, okay click in there it's called the option i don't have the i'm not in a mac so what is it called it's called uh i forget what it's called and then on the ios v video effects i think it's video, video effects. effects thank or, you or something and to then that. yeah on iOS, when you're uh, so you're using your phone and you're having a video call, um, yeah. go to your control center, which is either a swipe up from the right on modern iPhones or it's, right. it's coming up from the bottom on, on older iPhones. And once you're in the control center with all those little doodads, you will see one that that only appears when you're in a video call for mm -hmm. uh, for, the, for the camera. And then you can go through there and you can go through the video effects. So that's how you turn it off. Okay. It's, it's really not the most intuitive way to do it. Apple has no, a page which not, is showing actually. off right now. That's, yeah, uh, that's right. just how to get to control center. But it's um it you know but that's where you're I, I supposed to go yeah. i wouldn't say it's hidden but it's certainly not intuitive as to how go in there how to go in there and turn it off yeah this is um like i said when that first came out and i know everybody was like playing around with them and it's really cool but 
uh, I figured there was going to be some, some instance, some scenario where people were going to be like, well, maybe not so quick. And sure enough, these are good. This article from The Verge is one that we're, we're referencing here. And then I thought Jason Stone did a really good job of of talking about it, too. Because, I mean, I do that all the time, Jeff. You just, you know, give it like a quick thumbs up. And by the way, it isn't immediate. Like, you have to have your thumb sure. up for like, you know, like a, a, maybe two seconds or something like that. So it's not immediate. So I know I've taken to the practice where... I've left my my effects on, and if I do a thumbs up, I do it real quick, and then I then I bring it yeah, down. You're safe. But yeah. it it just it just might be something you know. Again, it's like like you said, public service announcement, and people just um uh, uh be cognizant of that. Next week, iOS seventeen point one. We're already doing seventeen point one, which I got to tell you, I'm still enjoying iOS seventeen, and we know this because people, all of you good folks, have been listening to us for a while. That even if we talk about the next iteration of the iOS, there's already two or three <laughs> that people have been working on, and some even uh, developer betas and public betas. And so this was a great article from Nine to Five Mac about the seventeen point one iOS uh, features that are expected to come out next week. For the last few years, Apple has been following a consistent trajectory. First, they have the big operating system update, like in our case, right. iOS 17. And then right. about a month later, they fix some bugs that they've discovered and add a couple features that weren't fully baked when iOS, when the big iOS uh, update came out and they're ready now. And so, and that's the point one right. update. And then yeah. by the point two update, which is about two or three months into it, that's the one where Apple typically adds the new emoji. And that's important because so many people update Very. their iPhone specifically right. to get all the new emoji. And Apple <laughs> figures by the time we're at the point two update, everything is, you know, we've we've gotten all the flaws kicked out. Yeah, so that's we are right point. now right. at the point one. Yeah. Now, normally, we, you and I would not be announcing beforehand that we know that point one is coming out next week. The only reason we know this is it's a little funny. Um, France had a, a regulatory action against Apple that not the current iPhones, but the iPhone 14s were emitting. They thought it was too much, I don't know, some some radiation or something like that. And so Apple worked yeah. out an agreement with France to tweak that, and it was going to be in iOS 17.1. And oh, apparently okay. Apple told um, France, the government, that uh, it was going to be out next week. And so France told the world. And so that's the only reason that we know you, that France. there's an iOS update. Yeah, thank you, France, for the the uh, the leak there. So, um, But anyway, the article, there's, there's a, a number of new features coming out that we've talked about um, before that were going to be um, cool. Like, for example, one of them is that you can start doing an airdrop. And we talked about this when, when iOS 17 yeah. come out. You could start right. doing an airdrop with someone when you're close by, and then you could separate from each other and it would continue over Wi-Fi. That's something that was not part of iOS 17.0, but it's going to be around for 17.1. Um, and then there's also things that fall within the tweaks category. For example, yeah. one of the cool things about the new iPhones, the iPhone 15 uh, Pro, is that you have the action button on the side instead of the yep. sleep-wake yep. switch. But some people noticed that when their iPhone was in their pocket, they would accidentally hit the sleep-wake button and cause it to do whatever, turn on the camera or something like that. Right, and so right. Apple has made it, if I understand this correctly, that using the sensor, if it sees that it's in a pocket, like if, it, if there's something close to it, and then it will require you to press the button for a little bit longer before it triggers just to try to prevent accidental triggering. So it's those sorts of things. It's a mix of features yeah. and fixing some things that once the iPhone's been out in the wild, people are realizing, hey, maybe we could do a better job on some of this stuff. Even a flashlight indicator in the dynamic island. So that's Those something are the interesting. Tweaks. That is actually already <laughs> yeah? on the iPhone 15 Pro, but for some reason on the oh, iPhone really? 14, even though you know you could ha you could have <gasps> a, a flashlight turn on and off, there's no indicator it in the is. dynamic island, and so Apple's decided you know that doesn't have to be unique to the newest iPhones. So you know, it's well, all, all these little tweaks. You know, I am I'm corners. happy to re I'm happy to report that that is correct because I don't know if you can see I have my brand new natural titanium iPhone 15 Pro in my hand. And sure enough, the club. I cannot believe, I'm turning the, <laughs> the flashlight on, so I know it's, <laughs> that's another that's dynamic quite, video quite, effect quite there. Quite obnoxious, yes. Um, but sure enough, I see the flashlight indicator in the dynamic island. Mm -hmm. um, just as a quick minute review, this is fantastic. The iPhone 15 Pro, absolutely amazing. Just, I, I, I you know, obviously we, you and I are somebody that, that upgrades every every year, uh, but I, I'm not going to say significant, but it is uh, tangible uh, speed updates and improvements, I would say, from the iPhone 14 mm -hmm. Pro. Like sometimes I just can't, I, I keep thinking to myself, Jeff, how can it get 
any a little bit better and it's just little minor tweaks uh so yeah anybody coming from like an iphone 12 or 13 or something else you're going to really enjoy the iphone 15 pro one thing uh, that you and i were texting each other about earlier this week brett is you know you have the 15 pro and i have the 15 pro max so mine's a little bigger but both of our pros have this it's the titanium which is nice because of weight reasons but also what apple has done with the edge of the phone it's a little smooth it's it really it's one of the best iphones in the hand that apple has done in many 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 years if you get the pro model with the titanium you are for there's a number i mean it's not just the weight it really does feel like a premium product and you and i have both we're both texting to each other about how much we both appreciate it i'll also tell you i got the black iphone because i've always gotten the black one but the titanium that you have looks really yeah. nice i mean it almost it looks like like that's sort I'm of very... what it's supposed to be it's 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 a really good looking color to your point on the, the – I have always purchased a case and immediately put my iPhone in the case as soon as I open it up. And I have mm-hmm. this – the MagSafe case from the Apple. Um, but you know what? I hesitated <laughs> for like a day before I put it in the case because exactly what you're talking about, Jeff. It just – it felt a little bit better. Like I really enjoyed holding it. Um mm-hmm. Now I put the case on when I travel. I got to find a way how to quickly like get it in and out of the case. I think you do mm-hmm. this, right? You'll take yours out of the case quite often. I usually never take it out of the case, but I want mm-hmm. to. Like I really enjoy just holding it uh, for what it was. Like I want titanium in my hand, <laughs> yeah. which is important. <laughs> how about a new Apple Pencil? Indeed. Uh, well, yeah, new pencil, but sort of old technology. You had a great post on this this past week, and uh, Apple indeed introduced a brand new Apple Pencil. I don't know if I would recommend it for a lot of people, Jeff. Please well, explain <laughs> to us what where it fits in the line. If you already have an Apple Pencil, then you know how valuable it is. But if you yeah. don't already have an Apple Pencil, it's probably because you think it thought it wasn't worth it for you. And so this actually might be the perfect one for you. What this is, is it's a new entry level, i.e. more inexpensive Apple Pencil. So instead okay. of spending $129 like I have for my Apple Pencil second yeah. generation, this one's only $79. So you save 50 bucks. All right. And All you know right. that under $100 price tag, you know, that's the sort of thing that it could be almost like even appropriate, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah presents. You know, it's it's to that point that you can, you know, get it for yourself, get it for somebody else. More than $100. <laughs> I can see people going away from it. I right, love right. my Apple Pencil. I use it every day. Me too. For taking Me handwritten too. notes for for, you know, as a too. lawyer, I'm annotating documents. I'm highlighting things all the time. I, I just love it. But I know that not, and, and of course, I talk to people all the time that say the same thing. But I also frequently talk to lawyers and other professionals who say, nah, I don't really think I need a stylist. And I'm right. often like, you know, don't you read documents? Don't you want to annotate things? And they're like, well, you know, I don't know if I would use it that much. And so I know that there is a huge segment of the population which has not yet you know, seen the advantages of having a stylus. And um, so for those people, you know, you don't have to get a stylus from Apple. You can get cheaper ones from other companies. I've long been a fan of the ones that Adonit makes, but Apple's really are superior. They they have the best technology. They do the, it's, it's the, the fastest, like when you touch the pencil tip to the screen, there is just no lag at all. So it really has the illusion of you actually writing with a pencil or a pen on the screen. Um, Because this one's cheaper, it lacks some more advanced features. For example, it lacks pressure sensitivity, which I know is important to graphic artists. That's not me. So it doesn't matter to me, but for people that use a pencil for, for drawing things, for cartooning, for sketching, if you're at all in the graphics art, this is really not the pencil for you. Um, but if you're just looking to write on documents and stuff like I do, that doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Now, you do also lose some things like the the other big one is the double tap feature, which I like because <sighs> I will often be writing Use something all like the time. taking notes in a conference and then you want to erase. I just, you know, double tap and then it switches to the eraser exactly. and I can erase. Exactly. And then, um, the, in fact, the program that I use, Good Notes, after you erase and, and pick up your pencil, it automatically switches back to the regular pen. So I just nice. double tap to go into the eraser node mode, not out of the mode. But still, I like that feature. But again, could I live without it? Sure. I mean, if, if I didn't have it, I could just tap the eraser icon to turn it into an eraser. That would be fine. And so, you know, if you've if you, if you already know, if you already have an Apple Pencil, you know what the value is. But if the reason that you've been yeah. waiting is you just weren't sure if it was worth it, this might one this this might be worth checking out. Maybe yeah, maybe I'm too deep into the 
into the ecosystem, Jeff, like you, like I, I just, I, I could not imagine being without the Apple Pencil 2. Even, uh, what, when was that? This is, it's already three years old or something, right? Yeah, I mean, it, the that, Apple Pencil yeah. 2 has been out for a long time, but it is still amazing to me how well that I can write. And I, I could not do without, it's almost muscle memory now, the double tap on that Apple Pencil 2. Uh, but you're right, I guess this is, I mean, we still have the Apple Pencil 1. <laughs> Right, which has the little cap on the end, yeah, and, and that's you only can take for that little cap that off. Lightning, yeah, correct, because it plugs into the lightning port on the iPad and it charges. But you mentioned this, and I know you linked to another story by Jason Snell as well, where this does this Apple Pencil USB C. I guess that's what it's called, right? So it's like mm -hmm. the mid entry. It's the mid, <laughs> the middle tier Apple Pencil, but it doesn't have lightning because there is an iPad Pro that doesn't have the magnetized charging dock for the Apple Pencil on, on the side. So there's no way if you had an Apple Pencil 1, you couldn't charge it really at that point. I mean, I know there's adapters. And anyway, I know I'm really kind of yeah. getting into the weeds at this point now because if well, to me, it, it and I think Jason Snell made this. Right. It, it is it confusing. Does, Jason Snell makes you, that same point. Yeah. You you just called this the mid-level. It's really it's not the mid-level. It really is the low level. This is the cheapest Apple Pencil you can get. <laughs> okay. The okay. the original Apple Pencil costs 99 bucks, so it's $20 more than this one. Um, so, you know, this one is less expensive, but this is really anyone, if you have an iPad with USB-C, this okay. is made this is made for you. That that's is a very Just simple think thing. Think about it. Do you have USB-C? This is the one that you get. And if you have a you know, the, the disadvantage <laughs> of it is because it it sticks to the top magnetically, but it doesn't charge magnetically, so you still have to use a USB-C cord to charge it, which is no fun, but fortunately Apple pencils can go a long time between chargers. So, you know, it does have those disadvantages, but um but it's cheap. I feel like if you don't have an Apple pencil, go and get this one for $79. Use it for a week understand how incredibly useful it is and then go trade it in for an Apple Pencil 2. <laughs> or perhaps like better yet, the... Brett, wait a little bit because what I, as, as that's you pointed true. out, the that's Apple true. Pencil 2 has been out for a long time. Yep. It actually came out in 2018. Uh -huh. so it was five years ago. Oh my I, goodness. Okay. In my heart, believe that Apple <laughs> is going to come out with a third generation Apple Pencil. And I, when that happens, then I think there will be an even more clear differentiation that is between true. the low-end Apple Pencil. Maybe they'll call that, that one that called the Apple Pencil, maybe the new one will be called the Apple Pencil Pro. Who knows? So we'll see. You just really, really, really want that to be true. And I, I do. do too, my friend. <laughs> and if I keep you. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be true. You know, I think I've talked in the past about how it's hard for me to understand the wattage and the voltage of things. You know, I'm just not an electrical engineer of any kind. Another word <laughs> that has thrown me off for many years is gigahertz. I mean, I understand when we talk about gigahertz, it's typically in the Wi-Fi routers, right? We used to have 2.5 gigahertz. And we had 5 gigahertz. Well, now... Thankfully, apparently the FCC just approved a six gigahertz ban for Wi-Fi tethering. This isn't necessarily something you're going to take advantage of, I don't think, from like a Wi-Fi network, but it could be advantageous for, I think in this story, they're talking about like for, for AR, AR uses, right? Or it could be for some yeah. very specific uses here that they could use it for. Yeah. So let me explain what's going on here. Um, you know, for a long time, we've had the regular Wi-Fi network. It's been, I think it was originally approved by the FCC, gosh, in the 1980s. But, you know, Wi-Fi became a thing sort of in the late 90s. Apple was an innovator in right. it. And for the past 20 years, although we have had those two bands, it's been sort of that that original type of Wi-Fi. The six <laughs> right. gigahertz spectrum, which wasn't even possible until some technical things that are above my head. But once they figured out how to take advantage <laughs> of it, it actually offers like four times the bandwidth of the spectrums that we've been using so far. Wow. And when okay. you have so much more bandwidth, that means there's less interference between devices. It means you can have devices that use yes. multiple streams at once to be faster. So it right. is a right. huge, huge deal. So the FCC, once they had the technology for it and FCC did its testing in the United States, they approved it, um, I think effective 2020. And the first thing that you saw for a couple of years, and, and they're out today, are these Wi-Fi 6, because it's called Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6 routers. Okay. So you could, for example, get an Eero and they're expensive. They're not cheap, but you can get an ear right. that uses Wi-Fi right. 6. And so that means that although your device is not going to be like your iPhone is not going to have Wi-Fi 6, the different Eros can talk to each other using Wi-Fi 6 and spread that internet okay. throughout your house really fast. Okay. But that's all that we've had for the past couple of years. What the FCC approved this week was using the six gigahertz spectrum for individual devices could be an iphone could be a computer 
or could be like a virtual reality device, which is sort of, you know, the next thing like the Apple Vision Pro coming out next year. And this is important because of what the FCC approved. It's got to be in a relatively small area. So it's not like a router could be across your entire house. But if you're within like a car or if your VR device is relatively close to something else, um, it can take advantage of these really fast, really efficient, not a lot of interference speeds. So to get back to what you said, Brett, are you going to take advantage of this today? No, but now it's approved. And so you got to think that over the next couple of years, much like right. it took a few years for when the routers could do it before when they started doing it, you know, in a few years, you're going to start to see consumer devices and other devices that have Wi-Fi 6 support built in. And it's going to start, you know, it. I've, I've seen people say that this is the most revolutionary thing to happen to Wi-Fi in over 20 years. I mean, it's going wow. to be big, okay. but yeah. we're, just, we're just on the precipice of it right now. We're just laying the foundation on that. Exactly. Okay, thank so. you for explaining. That's very helpful. Jeff, I know you like your Apple Watch. I also know that you like your Apple Watch bands. <laughs> and uh, you trade them out, I think, every day, if I'm not mistaken. I do. I didn't know that this was a thing, but I talked to many other people, and now I've started doing that. If I work out, I have one band that I use. If I go right. into the office, I, I switch to another band. Now, thankfully... One of our favorite companies that makes some accessories for the iPhone and, and iPad... 12 south they now have the time porter and and as silly and as obnoxious as this looks i cannot wait to get one jeff <laughs> thanks for spending my money today <laughs> it's a cute little strip for 30 bucks and you can get a couple of them if you want and you can either put them on a wall or they have some oh, examples yeah. in the video where oh, it's yeah. inside of a cabinet door so you open up the cabinet door and you can see it but it allows your apple watch bands to sort of hang there uh, oh, very nice. So good. So that, and the, the video is hilarious, uh, Brett, because there's a part near the end of the video where uh-huh. somebody walks into their closet and, you know, much like a, a gentleman might choose out what time I get. Yeah, here today, he is. Yeah, right have, here. He yeah. goes like, yeah. oh, which, which Apple Watch brand shall I wear today? Which I just think is really what, funny. What's going to match um, with my shirt today? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I do that a little bit too. I have my uh-huh. Milanese loop that I wear at work every day. Yeah. But when I get home, I take off the Milanese loop and I usually put on a solo band, either my green one or my blue one. Sometimes I put on one of my other bands. But um, I, I definitely feel like because like you say, when you're working out and you're sweating and stuff, you don't want to have a, a metallic band on you. It's nicer to have something that's the uh, the rubbery sort of like the solo loop, the, the yeah, pop, yeah, whatever it's called. So um, I, I love it. Now, you know, I the, might not be to the extreme of this person who's got like I know he's them, got like four. But... I know. <laughs> but you could, though, Jeff, that's the thing. And if when you do, when you do, <laughs> you now have the ability to hold this. The first thing I thought of is, you know, there's a world of people that have uh, that is foreign to me, but they have closets of designer shoes, for example. Right. And they go in and they can pick which shoe and pair of shoes that they want. I prefer to choose which Apple Watch band that, that I'm going to want. <laughs> but, you know, to, on, a, on a quasi serious note about this, there are like, you know, my wife has like a little holder for different jewelry and necklaces right on her. Sure on her little credenza or so, so that, you know, she can see what is, which one do I want to buy? Cause I have a few Apple watch bands, but I got them in a drawer somewhere and I got to rummage through them all the time. I mean, as, 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 as silly as this looks like initially, of course it, I've got to have very one. It's called, yeah. It's called the time Porter. I just think, I just think that's, uh, that's great. <laughs> Uh, how about some generative hot dogs? Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's my, that's, that's, that's not, uh, Stephen Hackett's uh, title, that's mine, uh, because I thought this was a really neat article that you linked to. Generative AI fill in Photoshop feels like magic. Uh, I, I really do feel for his wife and maybe for uh, uh, Stephen <laughs> if he gets some uh, pushback on this. But he, he had a lovely picture of his wife in a hot dog suit. <laughs> As one uh, does. As, as, as one does. And he likes it, but he didn't like the background of it. He, he wanted to use this picture, it looks like, as a contact card or as a picture on his lock screen, right, on the iPhone. And yeah. so he was able to modify the background of this picture with his lovely wife in a hot dog suit. <laughs> and it looks really good. The end result looks really good. I'm it's sure he's going to pay that, for it, but <laughs> yeah, it looks it's not good. just that he didn't like the background. And I've noticed this before. When you have a picture on a lock screen, whether it be like your uh, just your, your pure lock screen picture or the picture that you assign to a contact, so that if they're calling you, you will see their their. You know, it used to be you see just a tiny little circle, but now you see right. the full width of the iPhone. So 
when you do that, if you just take a normal picture, like the one that he has at the top, and if you make that the picture, what's going to happen is the top of your screen that has the time and widgets and stuff like right. that, it's going to be over the person's face. Yeah, you want it. So yeah, it's exactly. A, so what you need to have is additional space in the picture above the person's head. Okay, and I see. And a normal yeah. picture, whether it's a picture of your wife and a hot dog or pretty much any other picture you have of a person, because you weren't taking it with the intention of having all this extra space at the top, you're not going to have enough space there. And so so this is what yeah. generative AI can do is yeah, for the, yeah. through the photographic tools of Photoshop and some other programs that allow you to do it. You can say, hey, Photoshop, you can see that the top of this picture is like some trees. Why don't you just continue the tree, make a tree top, and then put some blue sky above it. And that okay. way, when I put that on my screen, the top portion of it, the blue sky that you've added through Ooh, AI and the tops of the trees, that part can right. be covered up by the time and the widgets and everything else. And then in the middle of the screen, I'll see the person's face and stuff. So it actually makes a lot of sense. And I've done this in the past in a very simplistic way. I'm looking across my office right now. Yeah. I have a picture that I took, gosh, I don't know, 10 years ago at the beach that's got members of my family who are no longer even alive. Oh, good stuff. Crack it up. So I love that picture, right? Because it's got some grandparents, my mom and stuff. But when right. I put that picture into a five by seven frame, because of the way I had taken it, it didn't like, I wanted it to be a certain five frame, but it, the picture wasn't okay. the right dimensions. So I used Photoshop to just, and, and this was long before generative AI. So I did a, a right. <laughs> okay version of it. I added, additional, <laughs> I added additional blue sky so that the picture could be taller than it actually was and it would fit okay. in the frame. Um, now, there was also a palm tree on the side. And so I had to extend the palm tree out and like copy oh. part of the palm tree and paste it. So if you look really close, you can sort of see wow. that like, there's a stump and then the stump repeats because it's like, you know, a copy and paste and one stop on top of another stump. But no one's going to look that Nobody close would at it. it. You know, yeah. all people notice is it's a nice picture of the family that fits in the frame. So the idea of extending a picture to, you know, whether it's horizontally or, or more often right. uh, vertically, um, however you need to do it, you can do that so easily and in an incredibly realistic way nice. by using this brand new generative AI. So I think okay. that what Stephen's okay. done here is great putting aside the fact that he also showed his wife in a hot dog costume, which I think is hilarious, right. but uh, hopefully she has a good sense of humor. So yeah, I did too. Okay. Well, that is so much more helpful because indeed I've done some lock screens and I want to use a picture of maybe my family or so, but sure enough, you know, I just didn't want to take the time to like fix it because it'll be right over their face or their forehead. And I'm like, I don't want that. Like I want it down. So that makes a lot more sense now, Jeff. Thanks for explaining that. And this is a, it, it, this is in Photoshop. They call it generative AI fill in. So in other words, mm -hmm. you're filling in areas is that um that you may not want like on this picture here they've got like a bookshelf but then they wanted to make it a jungle okay that's making a lot more sense now and that's that's yeah. that's really helpful i will tell you too brad i've yeah. tried this on my photoshop and i mean i'm not a photoshop maven but like i don't have to do, know anything and you click a few buttons and it and does it it. works yeah but this is one of these things wow. that's like omg it is yeah, really yeah, incredible yeah. that it can do it just, it, it, I just remember what is it last week or two weeks ago we were talking about the the Google uh, Photo, you know, the Pixel uh, tools and Google Photos. Mm -hmm. What just what a time, you know. And I've heard other people talk about the concerns that we even brought up was like, what is a picture anymore? If you could modify it and you know put on the the actual um, face gesture that you know that you would or facial expression that right. you want somebody to have if they were not smiling or something like that, and you just can create your own pictures now. Just it's such an interesting 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 time uh, it is okay. i don't i don't have an ethical problem adding the blue sky that wasn't in the picture right but you can definitely right. see where people say well you know maybe maybe it's inappropriate what you're doing it's it's a legitimate debate a quick related article you link to here is setting a custom contact poster on your iphone that others will see when you call them i gotta tell you i i've just barely gone into like my contact card i know this is something mm -hmm. new in ios 17 it and is. i really wanted to do it it's just it's it, it takes a little bit of time i feel like it takes a little bit of time like okay what picture do i want <laughs> like yeah. what if i'm calling a professional contact versus you know my family or my kids like i might want a certain picture i i don't know i know there's some things that i want to i want to figure out first on there but this was a great article that you linked to from Gadget hacks uh, that at least it'll help me kind of walk through if you want to do an emoji or you want a photo or something along those lines. Uh, I know I want to start seeing contact posters a little bit more. I want to create them for me. And then I also want to make sure that I have contact posters for other people that call me as well. Exactly. Yeah. Good stuff on that. I know my friend, we have talked about Apple TV quite a bit and one of your favorite, I know this, which I still have not started. 
I, I wrote so don't, this post don't hate me. for you. I know. Right? If, you, I know. if <laughs> you didn't see it, hidden in this post is, if you haven't started watching the show yet, <laughs> you, comma, you explain it. Bernie, yeah. comma, um, <laughs> yes, one of my all-time favorite shows is for it, for all mankind. For it all mankind. It starts back in the 1960s. It's an alternative history. What if the Soviets got to the moon first? Yeah. And, and right. season one takes right. place in the 60s. Season two takes place in the 80s. Uh, season three uh, took place in the 90s or 70s, 80s. And then season four is going to start to take place a little more. Future. You know, it, eventually yeah. it's going to get to the, the point where 90s, it's going to be yeah. in the future, you know, even beyond where we are now when they get to season five. And I, I don't know if that'll be the end or maybe. Oh, cool. Beyond. Okay. But so now that's I, awesome. I think it was originally announced to be a five season arc. If Apple picked it up for all five seasons, and they've certainly picked it up for the first. I'm four. sure they will. So hopefully right. that'll probably do. So anyway, three weeks from today, Brett, season four okay. starts. So as I pointed yeah. out, if you watch, if you can binge a season a week, you'll be totally. You said up. that. <laughs> or if you don't, just whenever you get around to it, it's a great show. And in all seriousness, anyone who hasn't yeah. seen this, if you have access to Apple TV Plus, I, I, I just think it's a fabulous show. It does start yeah. a little slow the first couple of episodes, but by the middle of season one, it okay. picks up. Okay. And then it's just nonstop through the end of season one, season two, season three. Great fun stuff. I, I do. I did. I did notice that you you provided specific directions on how someone can get up to speed. <laughs> And be ready for season four on November 10th. So thank you for that uh, public service announcement there. For all mankind. I did watch the trailer, this one, which is for season four. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's that's really, really cool. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. I will I will do my best. I can't promise before November 10th, but I will do my best according to your instructions there. Let's talk about our sponsor, Lit Software. So Lit Software, we have known the developers of Lit Software for many, many years, Jeff, because one of the first times that you and I were even together presenting at conferences, typically legal conferences or you know conferences for lawyers about using technology, um, we have been talking about the iPad and the iPhone. And one of, I would say, probably the, the, the premier uh, app for legal professionals, so the apps uh, for legal professionals has been from Lit Software. Everybody mostly knows this company for their trial pad app, which is a presentation app that you can do a zoom in on a section, you can highlight text, you know, in real time in a dynamic fashion, which I use not just for trials, like you don't even have to use it for trials, you can use it for all kinds of uses. Um, but they have several other apps in their suite, and one is called Transcript Pad. They also have Doc Review Pad and Exhibits Pad. But Transcript Pad, now this is really getting a little bit more specifically to legal professionals and mostly lawyers, and more even, even more specifically to uh, lawyers that go into litigation, because you have a lot of transcripts from depositions and from court proceedings and, and uh, whatnot. And you need to review them. You need to review and read through uh, this transcript, which typically comes from a court reporter, that kind of a thing. Um, we have followed these apps for a long time. We are very big fans of Lit Software. In fact, I'm actually at a conference today, and I'm going to be giving an, a, an hour lecture on how to use the iPad in trial presentation. And guess what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to be talking about TrialPad here quite a bit. Um, but one of the, the transcript pad is something you wrote about this on your iPhone JD blog this past week, Jeff. So I'm going to let you explain this a little bit. They have a pretty amazing update to the transcript pad app, which not only lets you read the text now, but you can synchronize a video of the deposition or a witness or whatever with the text of the transcript. This is pretty mind blowing to me. Yeah, it's really, really cool stuff. Let me say a little beginning stuff too, like you did. Lit yes, Software please. has been around since the iPad itself was introduced in 2010. Yeah. They've been around yeah. for a long time. And if you're ever in a situation where you want to show things off, I mean, jurors now expect it in trials that of course lawyers are going to use, you know, some sort oh, of yeah. big screen to show things off. Um, even if you're not a lawyer, if you give presentations and you want to be able to have documents come up that you can zoom in on parts of it and highlight parts of it, I mean, you could use this no matter what your profession is. But trial pad is really Absolutely. just by far the best for that. It's fantastic. Um, but what I like about these lit software apps is that they are empowering. They allow people to do yeah, things that in the old good. days, or even in the current days, for people that don't know better, you know, people would have to hire 
a separate graphics oh, yeah. professional Absolutely. to be in charge of the graphics at their presentation, at their trial, at their wherever it is, to bring things up on the screen. You'd say, okay, now so-and-so, could you please right. bring up exhibit number four? And then that person would do it. But when you have this in your own hand, it's just so empowering that you yourself oh, yeah. can bring things up and it, it allows you to look so much more professional. So that's my pitch for all of their apps. Now let's talk specifically about transcript <laughs> pad. Well done. So transcript yes. pad for lawyers is when you have a deposition of someone and you get that transcript, most of us, and, and I'm I'm sort of guilty of the same thing for, you know, I've been practicing law for, gosh, long time now, since 1994, 30 years. And most of my transcripts have just been the the text transcript and transcript yeah. pad has been a fantastic app because it loads in the transcript. It automatically, you can have like all my questions bold and my answers not bold. So oh, yeah. as you're reading through it, you can see what's a question, what's an answer. And it's always had this fantastic feature that you can not just highlight in yellow or whatever color you want, but you can assign right. codes. So as I'm reading through the transcript, exactly. I can say this series of question and answers is relevant because it has to do with, you know, the cause of the car accident. And then these right. questions and answers are relevant because they have to do with, you know, the injury that the person suffered or whatever it is. And so at the end of the day, when you've gone through all your transcripts, you can very easily pull up the relevant parts that you need when you're preparing for trial. So, but that's always been just the black and white words. Um, and something that people have been doing for a while now is having videographers mm -hmm. take a video of the deposition as well. And it does right. make a difference because we all know this from, from everyday life that sometimes it's not just the words that a person says, yeah. it's the way that they say it. You know, the, the black Body and white language. words may yeah. seem like it's just a straightforward answer. And then you listen to them and you can tell that the person is squirming or that the person's right. uncomfortable or, or the opposite. Right. You can tell that the person's very, very confident. And so if they're now giving a different answer on the yeah. stand and you yeah. want to impeach them, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth even more. When you can show that video, it's so much better. So what's really nice about Transcript Pad is they added this ability that when you have the video, video people will, will charge you if you want to sync up the video to the transcript. Um, yes. And, you know, people can they routinely will. pay $75 an hour for that. But um, on its or own, more. just the iPad itself is smart enough because of Apple's technology that it understands, you know, it can translate words into text. Siri does that every day, mm -hmm. right? And so right. if you just get, feed in the video and transcript pad, you're showing sort of like the little circle of, you know, the percentage, 15%, right. 20%, 25%, it will just go through and analyze the words in the video and it will sync them up to the words in the text. And it doesn't wow. just do a simple pass. It uses sophisticated artificial intelligence so that even, for example, if the court reporter gets the word a little bit wrong, um, it will yeah. understand that and it will fix that so that it's still lined up. And so then once you have it in there, you can be looking at your transcript at the bottom of your screen. And at the top of the screen, as, as the transcript is moving and people are speaking, yeah. you will actually yeah. see the person talk at the top. And I've noticed Amazing. as I've been playing around with this app that, you know, because you're actually seeing them speak, you're suddenly realize, wow, you know, this, this is this, this passage of the transcript is even more important than I thought because of the emotions, the person, the body language, et cetera, et cetera. So just for looking at a transcript, and preparing for trial, it's totally yeah. useful. But that's just the first part. The second part is that once you actually <laughs> have it all synced up, you can then export video excerpts. Normally at a trial, oh, you're not going to play amazing. the entire thing beginning to end, right? You're going to cut out the parts where lawyers have objections. You're going to cut out the parts that don't matter for trial. Right. Or maybe if the witness is going to be there at trial, you actually only want like a little one minute segment to just impeach Correct. what they're saying. So what the app lets you do is find the little, you know, take out the stuff you don't want, just leave in the stuff that you do want. And it has these really cool tools that you can have, you can edit very precisely where the video starts and where the video stops and they right. show a waveform at the bottom so for example somebody might say well uh hmm, and then start the answer if it's appropriate right. and, and you wanted to cut it this way you can cut out the will or uh, whatever or maybe Incredible. you want to leave that in there because of the impeachment but you make those decisions and with the waveform you can see where each word is where each cough is so i i you know Transcript Pad, Lit Software has done this the right way. They they yeah. took their time with this. And when they came out with it, I'm like, wow, this is the this is their initial offering. You might expect this to be like the 2.0 or the 3.0 version of it. So it's right. really well done. Right. So, you know, I'm glad that Lit Software is sponsoring today. So any lawyers that are listening to this podcast or anyone that works right. with transcripts, it is a right. significant upgrade. And it's just part of the app. I mean, if you subscribe to their software and you get the app. You just get this new feature is just part of what you have. So um, I can't wait to see what they do. I'm sure they're going to find ways to tweak it in the future in ways that are far beyond my imagination. But what they have done today 
is really, really good. So probably I'm I'm old enough that I was one of those people in that seat, Jeff, that we, we call it a hot seater, right? Because the lawyers mm-hmm. would say, would turn around and say, bring this up or do that. And so as a trial presentation specialist, you have to know a lot of these different applications. And I will tell you, I remember doing this task, syncing a text transcript with a video by literally listening and watching the yeah, video. Manually. Yeah. And, at, and at the end of every sentence every line of the transcript i would have to hit the space bar because i'm i'm manually putting in like a time code <laughs> for the video to tell the software this was not transcript pad this was a very old this is other trial mm-hmm. uh, presentation software it would tell the 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 video like where the uh where, where the 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 area would be that you're syncing the text with the video anyway just a very very long laborious process but we had to do it there was no other way to do it then i mean i'm literally doing it manually i had to speed it up it was like chipmunk style oh it was just the it was it was the pits so just the fact that this is now built in not even just to a computer jeff but we can do this even on the iPad, like it's all built in. And by the way, it's also secure because it's doing it all on the actual iPad. You're not like sending it up to the cloud or anything. And I know that that's something that that developers, uh, Ian and Tara, uh, were both uh, very interested in as well. Anyway, thanks for describing. I just had to jump in because people can, you all can tell that we're, Jeff and I are pretty excited about this. And we're pretty passionate about this because these apps are really just done so very well. And if you just go to simply uh, litsoftware.com, L-I-T software.com, you'll see all of the information is there about all of the different apps individually if you want to look at it, as well as if you wanted to drill down into one uh, specific app. Um, So anyway, if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to us (laughs) because Jeff and I talk about this quite a bit. In the know. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to cheat a little bit and use one of my favorite transcript pad tips. (laughs) So if you are listening to this and you are, you already have the lit suite uh, and you have the transcript pad, one of the great things about it is that you can actually search for words in the transcript. Now that doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal. Like, okay, whatever. The thing is, is that you and I both know, Jeff, because a lot of the way lawyers use is they'll get one transcript, they'll open it up, maybe it's a PDF, maybe it's a text file, and they'll search just in that transcript. And that's good, and sometimes that's all that you might need. But there are times when I've got several transcripts across several witnesses, and I want to search across all of those transcripts sure. at one time. There's ways to do it in a kind of a hackery fashion on your computer, but what I love about it in Transcript Pad if you put them all into transcript pad into one case file, then what I, it, it, transcript pad is smart enough that if I'm drilled down into one specific transcript in transcript pad and I hit the search box up there in the very top left, it will search only that transcript in which I'm in. But if I go up a couple of levels to where I can see all of the transcripts, if I got four or five different transcripts in this particular case and I tap the search box there, I'm not just searching one transcript, I'm searching across all of the transcripts. And what's even neat is that transcript pad will then give me a rundown, a breakdown of like, okay, transcript one has 18 hits. Transcript two has 53 hits of this particular word or phrase of something that I'm looking at. And then I can drill down into each one of those transcripts and look at it. And as you might know, there's a little button there that I can annotate the search results, which basically just creates a little report of or, or, or kind of highlights each of those little sections so I can just jump to them at a later time and maybe even include them in a full report that you can do out of transcript pad. So that it, I feel like it, we're just scratching the surface. There's so much more that I like to work with when I'm working with lawyers in transcript pad and even trial pad. But that's my tip for the day. If you have transcript pad, try that search function, whether it's just for a single transcript or multiple transcripts at one time. Great tip. I do it all the time. Um, my tip is for CarPlay. Maps and CarPlay. Lovely. Um, usually when you are driving someplace you don't know, or maybe you do know the directions, but you just want to have some assistance along the way, I love using CarPlay to sort of give me my directions. Every once in a while, I will have issues with CarPlay not knowing where it is. Now, for me, oh, it, okay. it happens consistently <laughs> in one very specific place, which is my office. When I'm leaving my office, which is a big office tower, um, right. we have, you know, I usually park, you know, eight, 10 floors up in my office tower. And as I circle around my office building uh, (laughs) car, you know, parking lot to get to the bottom and then leave, I find it often takes some, I don't know if it, I always assumed it was something about me spinning around and the GPS is not very good downtown New Orleans, that 
you know, I would have to go many, many blocks before CarPlay realizes where it is. And if I just follow my CarPlay for those first couple blocks, it thinks I'm, you know, 18 blocks away or maybe not quite that far, but far away. And so it's not going to give me the right direction. (laughs) It's not where you are. Eventually, by the time I get to like the Interstate 10 or something like that, it will have figured it out and it'd be fine. But for those first couple blocks, it can be rough. Um, Chance Miller wrote about this, that he's actually noticed this in other areas too, where they're just on the road and suddenly you can tell that the CarPlay has been totally confused. It may think that you're in one location, but you're actually hmm. many, many blocks away. So if you have this happen, what, what Chance has as a possible workaround is actually one that I've noticed too. And I will say this with some trepidation because it's not the safest okay. thing to do. We all know you're not supposed to use an iPhone while you're driving, right? But right. I will tell you that if you do open up your iPhone. And if you do open up the navigation app, whether it's Apple Maps or Google Maps or whatever one you're using, I have found that by opening up the app on the phone, it usually locks in the GPS location pretty quickly. But if you don't do that, if you're just relying upon CarPlay to do it. CarPlay, um, right. It takes longer. And I've noticed this for, I've noticed this because of the parking lot of my office for years. Chance Miller notes here that he's noticed it for about the past year. So whatever it is, huh. I, this doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen consistently. For me, I've never had it happen outside of my office environment. Chance Miller has had worse luck. But in whatever your personal situation is, if you find that there's a that there's a dead zone where you often get bad GPS, or if it just happens while you're driving, or better yet, happens while you're with somebody and they're driving um, and you have access to the phone if you open up the navigation app that will usually help it to lock in this is a bug really? and i really hope that apple can fix this yeah because you don't want to have to while you're driving no. be distracted from the road and open up the maps app on the iphone that's not a good solution um unless you're at like a red light or something like that which i guess it's okay right. but so anyway that's I, the problem if yeah. you're out there and you've experienced it too maybe this will help you work around it yeah, he says it, he said this bug makes makes CarPlay almost unusable and and dangerous. Um, I have seen something similar. I would tell you, like when I go to a, a different city and rent a car, usually near the airport, right? Just like you, it's like a big parking garage or something. And I'll try to get to the I'll get to the exit, and like it, I, I don't know which way to turn. <laughs> like which way do I turn? And sometimes what I've just done, I'm I'm a little bit more lazy because I'm not going to pick up my phone. I'll just decide which way it looks best right like i'm going to turn this way and just have some confidence that the map will catch up with me <laughs> at some point and then reroute now i'm not saying that's a better way to go but it had that's when i have seen a little bit of frustration on this and you know now the i i, I guess i wouldn't really think about it because i'm like okay the map will have to just catch up with me but now yeah that is frustrating like <laughs> like wh- why should i have to wait for that like it should be a little bit more uh, on on point there. Hmm. Okay. I yeah. hopefully I'm it is sure. a, some kind of a software update or something. I I don't know. I don't know if it requires better hardware or what. But uh, yeah. Now I'm frustrated <laughs> more than I was before. One more thing I mentioned, Brett, is that sometimes I, I don't really see this in metropolitan areas like New Orleans or another big city. But sometimes if you're out sort of in the middle of nowhere, you could have the opposite problem where the GPS in CarPlay knows exactly where you are, but because right. your cellular connection is so slow or maybe non-existent, it has trouble. Oh. Downloading oh, yeah. maps. That's so right. I can't show That's the road. Right. And for that, I will actually point people that one of the new features, of, and you and I mentioned in the past, that one of the new features of iOS 17 is that before your trip, you can actually say, yeah, I want you to download, download, you know, and you can control by right. zooming in and out. Do I want it the whole area or just a small part? You can have your phone download maps and then you can say, okay, if you've downloaded the map, how frequently do you want me to update those maps? And so that right. way, if you're traveling to a small town and you're concerned that you might have some dead spots, um, you could just go in and download the That's maps to your tip. iPhone beforehand. And that way it can just use the local maps um, regardless of whether, you know, doesn't have not to download anything. And so as long as you can get a GPS signal, it knows where it's are. So that's sort of the opposite of the problem that we're talking about here. Yeah. Though. That's where you do have GPS, but you don't have the map. That's such a great tip. I'm going to give you a thumbs up on my <laughs> screen there here. You go. <laughs> Maybe a double thumbs up. Thank too. you, Apple. Fireworks. fireworks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we also want to thank uh, our sponsor, and I'll turn my fireworks off for that, even though it's it, they're, they're, they're much worthy of, of fireworks. Lit Software. So <laughs> yes, L-I-T Lit Software. You can go and find out a little bit more about their apps as well. Jeff, always, always thank you, my friend, and we'll talk with you next week. Thanks, Brett. Bye-bye, everybody.